So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, 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 So if you haven't watched the news, get your head out of your ass because something else just happened in the last, I don't know, few months. We're getting a lot of questions over here about what this means to the industry and has everything to do with uh, Zill's acquisition of showing time. Um, I know I personally got a lot of messages. Um, I've seen a lot of messages within the chat groups, um, within the Facebook communities, lab code agents, real closers, and all the above. And people are like, what does this mean if, if a company like Zillow, which is a brokerage now, acquires a showing service? Um, what does that mean for my business? Does it have anything to deal with it or not at all? I don't know. So who we're brought in on today is the uh, CEO of Central Lock. I used to use these in, all the time in Chicago when I was an agent. And um, they have actually expanded into a uh, showing service as well, if you guys don't know. And what you're going to see happen um, this coming up, there's going to be all kinds of different showing solutions and services because that whole acquisition creates some uproar into the uh, industry and or whatnot. So we're going to go ahead and decipher that for you guys today, show you what you need to know, what, why you should care, and a little bit all of the above. So without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, Mr. Scott Fisher. Scott, how are you? Oh, terrific today. Good to see you, Mike. Yeah, likewise. Why don't you go ahead and uh, briefly tell everybody who you are, where you do, and where you're from, and um, let's roll. Okay. So uh, my background is I've been in the real estate technology services sector for about 30 years. Uh, back, back in the day when even we were doing uh, dial-up modems and MLSs, that's how far back it goes. So AOL days. quite a ways back. In the, in the great old days when you had your terminal software and everything else, that's how myself and my partners got started in the industry. Uh, now I've been doing for about the last 17 years. Uh, most of you may know that we provide a competitive lockbox solution out in the, out in the industry, which uh, was acquired uh, by... NAR in 2003. And the intent there was to bring a competitive solution to the marketplace and give agents choice in the, in the market, which is a lot of what you're going to see with our showing service launch here is us providing choice and an, uh, alternatives to probably what is a single provider in the market currently today. Got it. Let's start with the elephant in the room. Um, Zillow acquires showing time. And I know there's a big uproar. Brokerages were getting mad because you're like, you know, it's like your competition right now. You know, everybody's mad at Zillow and you guys, it's a competitor. So whether you don't like them or not, they're, they're equal to, you now. they're a brokerage. So you're going to have to compete against them. It's part of life. But why is this such a big deal, Scott? Well, we're getting a lot of questions right now in the, uh, in the industry about, you know, so where's my data going? What are we doing? Uh, what's NAR doing about this? Uh, certainly at the leadership level, NAR was, uh, you know, tasked with saying, look, We've got a provider out there that has access to a lot of what I think brokers and agents would think is proprietary data now. And, you know, what that's what's that going to be used for in the future? No one knows, but certainly there's a data play in this. So the question was, you know, back to NAR and their own companies, what, what are we doing about this? We started our showing service project almost uh, 15 months ago. So this was all pre-acquisition. Uh, we knew that there was consolidation going on in the marketplace for showing services. And that, you know, again, a very similar scenario to what we got into in the lockbox space was there's only one major provider. How do you provide a good competitive solution that uh, gives agents what they're looking for, keeps everybody playing honestly in the space? And that's what we're doing here today with our new uh, Sentry Key showing service that's being it's actually been launched uh, 
uh, as of March, at the end of March this year. So you're telling me that um, data is interesting. Um, why? Well, so you have to think about the whole acquisition. So uh, as what was publicly disclosed, Zillow acquired showing time for around $500 million. Now you have to ask yourself, could uh, Zillow with all of their technical prowess uh, build a showing solution for less than $500 million? I think you can do the math on that pretty easily, even if you're not a, an IT expert. And probably say that's a, that's a pretty uh, big acquisition that they made. And certainly from, I would gather, and this is a guess on my part from Zillow's perspective, that showing time's revenue, while interesting, is probably not overly, totally important to what they're actually doing uh, overall in the market space. So, so what's the play here? And I would say that, you know, the data and information that's pr provided from these showing services is pretty key if you want to understand what's going on inside of the marketplace and what's happening with agents, you know, what are the brokers doing in terms of showing activity? I think there's a lot of intelligence to be gathered from that and probably another piece of the puzzle. Certainly from my perspective, if I were sitting in their shoes, this is just another place where I can acquire information in the marketplace and analyze it and probably drive some outcomes that might be beneficial to my business as a broker. Makes a lot of sense. Why do you think agents got so upset about it in the brokerages? I think there was a sudden realization that uh, what is now a competitor, and certainly Zillow announcing their entrance as a as a broker into the space uh, late last year, I think that kind of changed the game. Now, you know, before Zillow was was perceived probably as a marketing engine for their yep. services and for what agents were doing in brokers. However, now you're a broker, so that means that there's competition. You're going to be acting in the same space, acting with potential real estate buyers and sellers that is different than being just a marketing entity or perhaps an information IT platform. So I think that probably created some uh, some unrest maybe in the industry. And now with the another piece of the puzzle being filled in, I think probably it's raised the visibility of this within agents and brokers saying, okay, so exactly what, how's my information maybe going to be used against me in the future? And that from a competitive perspective, hard to say, but certainly that's, I, I would think a legitimate concern of agents and brokers out there. That makes a lot of sense. Let's get into uh, when I, I worked in downtown Chicago market, which is different sure. it, than a lot of the markets. Like we had to show our own listings. Like I had to show up every fucking time. Yeah, I got showing. I, I'd spend <laughs> yeah. Saturdays and Sundays like physically going to the properties to let someone in with the buyer's agent and show them around the building or house or right. whatever the hell it may be. But then, um, you know, in the suburban markets of Chicago, people were central lock was really uh, popular because in the suburbs, the agents don't show the house, they schedule showing and then they go out and do it. I always right. look for a technology like this. I want to segment over to marketing and what people, uh, um, little things like, not just a little thing, but little thing on how lockbox tracking, showing, how do we turn this into a value add for an agent to better have their services? And I'll, I'll explain where I'm going. Um, I think the only thing that differentiates real estate agents right now is brand because we're all selling the same shit. We all have access to the MLS. And what's the difference between you and every other agent? And it's not that you sell real estate. Your license only gives you the legal right to collect money selling houses. All right. It doesn't, this isn't a qualified factor of why someone chooses you. So if I had something like this, I would add something like this into my listing presentation 100%. Because what kind of data, when, someone's, when someone tracks, um, I'd love to get your view on the statistics that come out of the showing data, more so for how to relate back to a seller, because here's what's really happening in the marketplace. The truth is, guys, you guys are listing a house on the MLS and the MLS is selling it. You're doing very little work right now. And what's going to happen is the sellers are going to have uh, buyer's remorse in a sense, in my opinion. They're going to be like, holy shit, this guy just made way too much more money. 
So how can I take like the data that you guys get from showings, you get the number of showings and it sends out these feedback tools. What are the best practices to using this to justify why people are paying us? Yeah, and I think, you know, certainly currently today's environment's a little unique in the fact that houses are, you know, really flying off the shelves, if you will. But in a normal market, so this is where things get really interesting. What I've had requests for and what we use the showing data for is specifically on client retention. So if you have your client with you, I'm sure every one of you out there in the, in the marketplace, when you've had a client, client often asks, you know, so how come I'm not getting enough showings this week? You know, what's the market doing around me? Well, the showing data provides, in our, in our sense, a heat map around them that you can say, look, you're a you know, three-bedroom, two-bath house here in this market, and you've had two showings this week. Well, let me tell you, from the data we have around you, there's been an average of 1.8 showings for properties this type in this area. So that's a huge client retention tool that allows you to genuinely demonstrate to your client that you're not just sitting there on your rear end, that you are out there working and that it's very similar to what's going on in the market. On the flip side of that, in a very active market, you wanna know how many showings are on average are happening. What's the, what's the eye, what's that, what's that visibility, that listing? Uh, you know, are you getting five people coming through the house and putting those offers in very quickly? So the showing data is incredibly important to give you that, that kind of minute by minute view of what's happening in the marketplace. And you can't get that information anywhere else. It's very unique to that. And, and third, probably, you know, just from a very practical standpoint, if you show up to a listing with a lockbox and you put a, a master lock or any other type of hardware store lockbox on the property, your client's got to look at you and go, really, this is the best technology that's out there. This is, you know, I could do this myself. I could throw one of these. I could go to Home Depot and buy this today. Show up with some really cool tech that says, hey, we're in, in touch with what's going on in the marketplace. By the way, when that showing's over, we can call you and with your three-year-old screaming in the back seat. You, know, you can come home now. So those are the things that are, I think as a real estate agent, you want to show that best practice that the best security, best data and best product out there to help that client through their experience. And that's what we're really focusing on with our service is making sure that client experience is amazing. Yeah, I remember uh, the worst conversation you have to have with a seller client is the price change. But uh, I'll share with you guys a couple tips on how we could pre-negotiate those uncomfortable conversations. And he's right, it relies back onto the data. So here's how you pre-negotiate that. All right. When you're meeting with a client and you have the listing, you get the listing already. I'm already pre-negotiating the future price change in a normal market. In this market, we're not. And here's how I would word it virtually to every single seller, because when you do this, they're less mad at you when you ask for the price change. I promise you that because you're a dick no matter what in their eyes. I remember one time, Scott, I was talking to this guy. I listed his one bedroom condo. No BS. And uh, I'd asked for a price change. He was overpriced by 20 grand. I told him that I didn't tell him that up front, which is why I learned how to do this. And before he could hang up the phone, I could hear him talking to his friend or his wife, whoever was there. And he goes, this fucking piece of shit realtor doesn't reserve. Like he was throwing me under the bus, cursing at me. I'm like, bro, I hear you. I never called him out on it. But really what he was saying was like, what are you doing um, for your money? And at that time, I did not have the data to justify the price change. And then I started, I went back to the drawing board and I'm like, all right, so here's what I always tell people. I always tell people to go up with a two price pricing strategy and how I would do that I would say, all right, Mr. Seller, I understand. And everyone wants more money than their house is really worth. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, everyone thinks their house is the, you know, the Taj Mahal, but let's be honest. You got shag carpeting, corian countertops, your fucking house stinks. Right. <laughs> so, right. Exactly. Um, but at the end of the day, here's what we have to, to do. So let's just take a hypothetical. Somebody who's listed, uh, Let's say the house is worth $375,000, but the seller wants to sell it for $400,000. All right, Mr. Seller, here's what we're going to do. I'll make you a deal. I'm happy to price the property at $399,000, but I don't create the market. The market creates itself. And all we can do is listen and interpret it. 
So one of the things that we're going to do in the first two weeks, you're going to get the highest likelihood of selling your house. The reason is you're the new kid on the block. You're going to get the most eyeballs. And if your house in the first two weeks is not generating five to seven showings right off the bat, I could pretty much tell you you're probably overpriced, but I'm not going to come. It's not going to come from me. It's going to come from the data. And the truth is, is that the market dictates it. I don't create it. I just play within it. And if you listen to it, you'll maximize your investment within it. Right. So I would say our pre-pricing strategy is going to be 375. If this, if we get less than five showings in two weeks, we're going to 375 or I'm done. Because if we yep. go on for 90 days, you're not getting 375 anymore. You're gonna end up more like 340. Yeah, and that's what the showing data can provide. And that it's that it's that that the beacon of truth. There's nothing that you can, uh, you know, the data is what it is. Um, also, you know, and to your point, it really helps that conversation about, okay, do you, do you stay in the market longer and to see if you can get some more eyes on it to keep that price that you're hoping for as a, as a client or a seller? But what the showing data will show you is, you know, what that, what that lead time looks like. So we can look at that and cut that data up several different ways. If you're willing to wait an extra 30 days to sell your house, you might have a greater uh, opportunity to sell somebody maybe at that higher price point. But if you're looking to move fast, you know, that will help you with that. And that, that data around you is really so important. It's very... It's very ephemeral. It only stays around a little while because it's obviously what the market's doing today, but it gives you that instantaneous feedback. Um, something that NAR knows, for example, on the, the data is it's a, it's a clear leading indicator, a 45-day leading indicator pending home sales. So there's an absolute matchup with that. So the showing data is the most current futuristic kind of information you can have about your property, what's going on around Interesting. it. So you can have those tough client conversations. What's that forecast look like? Like a year I can just tell you, you like, you know, your data, right? Like this is your thing. Um, sure. What are the trends you see? And like from today's market, what's that predicting future out? So like, can you tell trends? Cause you're right. I remember in the short sale days, um, I was always chasing the BPOs down and the, what the properties were worth on paper were a lot more than what they're currently worth in a sure. six month market, especially in a downturn. But that that's flipped right now, right? We're seeing that yeah. on the upturn because people are overpaying for it. So what kind yeah. of, insight can you track by really looking at this stuff? Yeah. So coming. the insights, yeah. And what's coming. So right now is probably the least, you know, amount of future thinking stuff because the market's turning so ever so fast, but we can tell glow, you know, across the board in almost all of the U S and some in Canada, the, the housing market, uh, as everybody knows is on fire right now. I mean, the, the days on market's very short the inventories are very low. Um, but the showing data can help a little bit in terms of kind of steering that pricing discussion. You know, how many visits are we getting? How many eyeballs are we going to get? How, can, how many can we expect? Can we drive more activity uh, to the property all at one time? And that's a very important point I'm going to make here. One thing we're looking at doing with levering, leveraging the showing service is trying to get more eyes on the property simultaneously. And by utilizing some of the AI we have built in the product, we can help drive those conversations around that. So that it, that's incredibly important right now to get as many offers in there. So we can we can understand what buyer behavior is, what type of property they're looking for. I know a lot of agents have prospecting systems in the MLS, but they don't necessarily put the buyer prospecting data in. But we have the information about what the buyers are looking at. We can then send the buyers the information about the property that goes on the market, get more eyes on that property very quickly to drive that price up to the maximum amount possible. So it's no good to give a buyer information on a property that went on the market two days ago uh, because there's automatic prospecting and then they realize the properties are going off the market because it's already got it's under contract. So right now, I think we can drive more eyeballs on the property more quickly with the showing data and understanding where buyers are going. But in the long run, when you see the normal market activity kind of going on, it's more about kind of understanding that that risk return reward of how fast how fast the property will sell based on how, what we price it at based on what market activity is in the neighborhood. 
Have you guys seen, um, with all the data you guys are collecting, have you seen any pricing trends? Cause like, here's a, here's a, this would be an interesting, um, for agents to know, is it better to list a property at three ninety nine nine or 400? I get that all the time. And do you see yeah, any I data don't think... that suggests any either or above? Yeah, nothing to nothing around that. What we can tell you is that there is a correlation. We did a very interesting study about two and a half years ago. It'd be interesting to redo it about the showing data and the uh, longevity on the market as far as how long it days on market, as well as also how long the property, how many, how much time people spend in the properties based on the showing data. Older properties obviously take longer to sell, and there's more more time spent by the prospective buyers visiting those properties than newer properties. And that's an absolute across the board sort of scenario from it uh, doesn't matter what market you're in. So there's some things around that, but there's some also some things that the showing data wasn't tell, uh, telling about. And that was pricing was not really one that hel it really helped out. There was a lot too much noise in that to really kind of drive anything specific. I think in today's market with the uh, short, the low inventories, you know, I don't know it has as much uh, bearing on that at this point. What do you think the, um, in all the data you have, uh, let's break it down this way. What do you, the importance of the first seven days and then seven to 14. And then when did the showing start to drop off? Yeah, right now the showings drop off pretty precipitously after the first few days. It's like, if there's, if there's a major discrepancy on price versus value, you see that, you know, the interest drives up pretty quickly because people are running off to that next opportunity. Uh, I think on norm, more normal markets, you see less of that, but certainly if there's a huge discrepancy between pricing, like you're just on the land of ridiculous versus that the, the, the eyes on the property change pretty quickly. And you see it, you see a, a pretty quick change in, uh, in, vi in visits to the property just because people are less interested in it. Yeah. I always tell, uh, and again, this is another thing is like, we, it's part of the presentation. You guys, when you're talking to these clients, they're hiring you for how you interpret, um, information, not listing it on the MLS. That's the easy part. Anyone could do that as you can right. see today. Um, it's what you do with the information that decides your value in the transaction as an agent. So knowing this data is, is very, very, very important uh, for all listing presentations. Um, I do believe the market will correct this year. Um, yeah. I think it's coming and I think where we're at is unsustainable. And if anyone was around in the 07 days, 08, you're going to see the exact same damn thing happening. As a matter of fact, someone just gave me a stat the other day. Um, they said the amount of people, uh, God, what was it? The amount of I think it was, it was 10 million versus 12 million something. There's a statistic that was identical to what happened back then. And I believe it was either a shortage or I forget. Long story short, it's, it's, it, it feels like we're there again. Um, you know, and, and you have to know this stuff, guys, because um, not, it's your job. I mean, that's why the people are hiring you. Um, yeah, there was an interesting, I think you're talking about the number of uh, properties in forbearance right now, yes, as far as mortgage yes. and made payments. No, yeah, you're exactly right. That's what it was. You know, and I, and I had a conversation uh, with a, a very knowledgeable person in this space. My feeling was exactly like yours and uh, feeling like, okay, we're having a re repeat of 08, 09, where there's going to be a sudden, uh, once the forbearance stuff comes off and that, you know, people are required to pay their mortgages and they're so far behind. And I thought the same thing, boy, there's going to be a lot of foreclosures on the market, short sales and all that. And this person gave me a very interesting alternate perspective. He said, he said, I don't think that's going to happen. He said, I'm going to tell you why, because... He said, what happens is when a property goes into foreclosure, that goes against a ratio that the bank has to maintain. And even if that property sells for as much as the property is worth or more, and the bank gets all their money back, it still affects their ratio. Correct. His point was, he said, I think you're going to see a lot of mortgage brokers or mortgage entities do workouts with their clients, you know, tack on the principal and the interest on the end, make it a 40-year mortgage, whatever the heck they need to do because the ratios are so important now in terms of the bank, what they have to hold back on reserves. Right. And that ratio creates this huge handcuff for them. So 
his point was, and I thought it was very interesting, was exactly opposite. He said, I don't think you're going to see a huge number of properties join, enter the market when the, when the forbearance is over. So interesting to see well, what happens. I'm not an expert well, in this. Here's, space, a, here's a signal. Look what Biden just did. Let's give everyone a $15,000 first time homebuyer uh, tax credit yeah. in a low inventory market. Like there's something yeah. that they see down there. Like we're complaining about not having enough houses, but now they're creating more right. buyer demand. Why are you creating more buyer demand, Joe? Sleepy yeah, very, Joe. Very interesting. <laughs> it's super yeah, interesting. Very interesting uh, to see how that'll change the market or how I could just, you know, again, the shortage of and homes are not coming back in the market uh, anytime soon. Lawrence Yoon, uh, you know, NAR's chief economist has been saying for years, once the uh, once the mortgage uh, crisis hit in 08, 09, and the number of houses being built was so low, he's been predicting for years. He said we're hitting we're gonna hit a major shortage. He said there's just not enough inventory out there. And sure enough, you know, obviously driven by the high mortgage uh, or low mortgage rates and the high demand. And certainly within COVID has pushed a lot of people. We see in the showing data a lot of people, you know, moving out to the suburbs. You know, okay, I'm looking for that oh, yeah. new house out, and I want to get out of the big metro areas. I want to go live where there's land and space. I can put my kids outside, and they can run around and get off their Xbox or whatever. But uh, you know, that inventory shortage has been a long-term prediction by Lawrence, uh, saying that hey, we're we're going to be hitting a huge problem here, and he's he's been right. Well, wow, it's crazy. It's like, and they they don't stop coming. Like you're like, where the hell are these buyers coming from? But I mean, the low rates is, um, I think, is like. That, I mean, that's a big cause of it. And I, I agree with you on that. Um, you got to remember too, people aren't buying 100% financing. So for those of you guys who weren't around in uh, 07, 08, like you needed a heartbeat to get a mortgage. Like I had three no income, no asset loans. Um, they yeah. gave me a mortgage. I didn't have to supply income. Um, and uh, I ended up breaking even on all three of those properties, unfortunately, but um, because of the crash. But folks, that's what's, uh, what's coming. But what does this come back to? It all comes back to data because you can analyze this data. Now, I want to give you another way to use it in terms of marketing. And people, I said earlier, people don't hire you for what you do. They hire you for how you do it. And you guys can easily create content on data. Nobody's doing that. Why? Why isn't anyone predicting what's coming? Everyone's talking about how hot the market is. But why don't you forewarning people with what's really going to happen? If you, if you don't know, it's because you don't know the data. Can you imagine... Um, a restaurant selling their food and not knowing how many calories are in the food they're selling, because that's what's happening by agents not knowing what the data is. It's the same damn analogy. How the hell do you run a business and not know your numbers? How can people use uh, CenturyLock to get some of these numbers? Walk me through how the showing service works a little bit. Yeah. So the showing service works like any other, you know, showing platform out there. Appointments are scheduled. I think the interesting thing we may be able to drive from the showing service platform is the source of the leads for the showing events actually happening. Is it coming from you know, places like realtor.com, et cetera? What's the origin of that? So that agents can potentially look to uh, you know, adjust their spend as far as, you know, I'm sure they're getting hit up with by all these different tech companies about you know, marketing themselves through them. Are these really good platforms that you know, consumers are using? They all have their great consumer stats, but do they really translate into activity in the market? And I think that's a missing gap. And I think you see that a lot of any advertising is you, okay, where's the origin? Where's the source of this coming from? And am I spending my, my dollars in the right place to create that? So I think the data in the future is we start getting uh, more of the uh, origin reference information in the showing appointment scheduling part will help agents in that uh, respect to uh, you know, do that effectively. That's interesting. And then what is the uh, consumer perspective? Have you guys done any studies on like uh, on a listing and like having a central lock? Cause they're, they're like, I remember I had to do, I had like a central lock card and then I could do like a four digit code. Cause I always forgot my card. And uh, <laughs> so, um, 
but I remember though, um, when you show it to a client, they're like sort of impressed because the way I would pitch it is like, yeah, so here's how we do this. This tracks everybody that's coming to your house. We're going to see exactly how long they visited the house, how long they did this. And then if we're still here and not under contract in a couple of weeks, me and you are going to have a come to Jesus moment. And we're going to talk about why not, but it's not going to, don't get mad at me. I'm just a messenger. Okay. And just by pre-negotiating the deal up front, I cannot tell you how effective that is on listings. Remember, when you have a bad seller, they're not returning you and they're not referring you business. So how you make people feel during the transaction, you guys, is the future of your business. You do not spike the football on the transaction for selling the house. You spike your football on the third referral you get from the transaction of the original right. fucking house you sold. You're playing the long game. Run a damn business. Don't be a salesperson chasing another check. Unfortunately, there's too many people out there like that. Well, kind of to your question on, you know, uh, you know, why agents don't or do use the product and why clients, why, why do they not ask for it? I don't think clients necessarily know, you know, so unless the agent brings to them the choice of, okay, you can put a mechanical box, you bought at the hardware store, or you can put this you know, piece of technology that helps enable you to be better at selling the property, provides greater security, all the data you're looking for. Unless that is brought forth, you know, the, the client or the homeowner doesn't necessarily know that's even available. So we always, you know, uh, advise, you know, the top producers to go out there and show how this particular product is a piece of the puzzle of helping show that they're a professional and that they're going to bring the best possible experience to that client by utilizing the technology. And the technology is not expensive. It's not like we're talking about, you know, a zillion dollars to make this happen. It's an inexpensive way to do this. And why wouldn't you avail yourself of the best technology available for your client? That's a, that's a key thing. And that's a good way to differentiate for those who are not the maybe more part-time agent that doesn't necessarily adopt the technology or whatever. It's a great way to market yourself and say, let me show you how I'm going to take a step above everybody else and give you this great experience as well as have all the information to make sure I can advise you appropriately on this upcoming transaction. It's probably one of the biggest ones that you're going to do in your entire life. Yep. Exactly right. Um, just think about when just the perception, you know, people are interviewing a bunch of agents, like you show up with like a push button lockbox that you could break open with a hammer versus this electronic thing that opens up. People are just impressed by it. The buyers used to be impressed uh, when I would take the keys out of the box, you know, and they'd be like, oh, what is that? I'm like, well, it's my super duper realtor card. You got to have a license right. to have one of these, baby. And it was just a conversation piece. But again, it positions you different. It's a little touch, but it makes it different, you guys. Um, and it's a, it's a bunch of these little things that actually create your value. Um, Scott, what else? Uh, any other closing final thoughts here that you want to uh, that anyone in the agent space should be uh, on the lookout for? Yeah, I think most importantly, kind of going back to a little showing service thing, I know agents are looking for you know, options, brokers looking for options, choice out there. You're going to see a lot of choice come on the market uh, in the next you know, four to six months. Uh, we're obviously have our own showing service. There's other competitors that will be out in the space. So I think if you're an agent or a broker looking for options, um, you know, don't despair. There's going to be choices out there that you can use. I think like anything, when we enter the lockbox space, one of the key things we wanted to do as well is drive the technology forward. You got to have competition. If you don't have great competition out there, just like if you're a realtor, if you don't have great competition driving you to be better, then it gets all stagnant. So I think our presence in the marketplace from a showing service perspective, you know, we're bringing AI into that to help you know, take away a lot of that redundant uh, you know, administrative work that agents have to do day to day, which is not something that other platforms currently offer. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of innovation in this space, not by our, not only ourselves, but others. So I think as an agent, if you're looking for more out of your showing service and more choices, Better pricing. I think you're you're going to be very pleased with what you see over the next six to twelve months. Some real neat opportunities out there. New new technology. New way to look at how we do these things. So um, it's this is a good time to be uh, be an agent, being able to leverage this this change in the marketplace. Awesome. And um, one question on uh, your service: Do you submit and send automated feedback? Yes, we do. 
And what are the, uh, cause I think that's a big deal. Everyone always like, I hated like telling the client your house sucks because they wouldn't believe me. I like it. Someone else saying it for me. And then they can't yeah. lie about it. Right. So how does right. that work really quick? Yeah. So from a feedback perspective, uh, once the showing is completed, we automatically send out the feedback requests. Those requests are either a set of canned questions that are, you know, uh, very, very, very straightforward, or you can customize those. And then the feedback uh, from the uh, prospective buyer is sent uh, through the buyer's agent, of course, then back to the selling agent. Uh, if the buyer agent approves, it's not something silly or, you know, in, you know, inappropriate that can be forwarded back so that that communication path is enabled. And then the client, the seller can see that information uh, that their, uh, their, their, their agent has provided to them. So that's very, a very seamless way to do that. Um, the, we know the feedback is incredibly important and we automate that whole process to make it very simple and uh, unobtrusive so that those buyers agents will want to provide the feedback and the seller knows what the hell is going on. And, uh, you know, can obviously, you know, it's trust, but verify, they want to hear it directly from the, the buyer's perspective, buyer's mouth, what exactly what they feel about the property. And then I think it helps the selling agent to work with their client to say, you know, we talked about, you know, your front, you know, your curb appeal kind of sucks. Let's work on spending a little money to make that better because you're going to hear that directly from those prospective buyers. So that automatic <laughs> feedback is very important. Your curb appeal doesn't suck. It's horrendous. <laughs> I, I, it's not me saying this. Don't kill it. Don't shoot the messenger. That's the importance of data, guys. Um, Scott, thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more about CenturyLock? Yep. You want to find more about CenturyLock, go to www.centurylock.com and all the information's out there on our website, brand new website with lots of information. And uh, uh, we'll obviously love to see you come. And there's a form to inquire for more information. We'll send it to you and, and take, and we'll obviously take advantage of that if you can. Awesome, man. And we appreciate you sharing your insight, your expertise on data. Folks, I know a lot of you guys might think data is important or boring, but it's important. And it's part of your business to know the numbers. Um, I don't like numbers either, but if I don't watch my numbers, I don't know what my ad spend is. And if I don't know what my ad spend is, I can't calculate my customer acquisition costs. If I can't calculate that, I don't have a damn business. Quit running around like a salesperson with a chicken and their head cut off and start being an entrepreneur and run your damn business and own your damn data because it's your damn job, period. Thank you for listening to another episode of Real Estate Marketing, dude. Folks, if you need anyone to create content for you, we will script, edit, and distribute your content. I'll either show you how to do it or we'll do it for you. I don't care which way it goes. This is not a hard business. It's a giant popularity contest. And the more people who know what the hell you do, the more opportunities that will arise to you. And that's what we help you do. So if you're a closet agent, we put you on the map and turn you into a mini celebrity within your market. And that's just how it works. The only time it doesn't work is if people don't like you and that's nothing we can help you with. So appreciate you guys listening to another episode of Real Estate Marketing, dude. Please subscribe to the show, make some comments, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and all the rest of the social channels. And we'll see you guys on next week's episode. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.